Ladies and gents, welcome back to the Relaxed Running Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, I hope you like the new studio. This is this is stage one, all right? Every now and then, I'm going to mix it up a little bit and just uh, share a few insights, a few thoughts of my own with you about distance running. And for those, it's easy to set up to film. So I'm in the process of trying to suss this out. So any tips recommended, any tips encouraged. But hey, it's going gonna, it's gonna to start to look better, all right? As, so as I figure this out, um, this YouTube video is going to look a lot more appealing. However, if you're not on YouTube, forget all that. If you just got the headphones in, enjoy. You don't have to worry about that little monologue <laughs> that I just gave you. I'm, uh, what is it today? It's Sunday afternoon. I'm in Queenscliff. It is absolutely blowing a gale outside. It's cold. It's wet. There's no better day to do a podcast. So I'm off to Queensland tomorrow for a couple of weeks. So I'm just getting this one out before I take off tomorrow morning. Hope you guys are all doing really well. Um, man, I'm settling into beach life down here. It's really, really been enjoyable getting some really good runs in. I'm starting to come up with a couple of nice little routes, nice little routes that um, I like to, to go on. The Lighthouse one has has been a favorite of mine. I did that with Dave McNeil the other day, which I'm going to tell you about soon. Um, but a good place for running, really good place for running. Excited to invite some of you down here soon, but just uh, bear with that because we're going to cross off some of those little things that I've just hinted at throughout the course of this conversation. But today, I wanted to talk to you about uh, six things that I'm going to start doing more effectively in my running training right now. The reason I'm doing this is because I'm a, I'm a sucker, despite the fact I've been involved in this sport for like 22 years now. I started when I was 12, 22 years. I still love hearing about the, the, the things that people are doing with their training, what they're adjusting, um, what's working, what's not. With that said, I thought I would just share with you a few things in my own training that have been working, that haven't been working, that I wanted to adjust and manipulate based on so many of the conversations that I've had with just guns on this podcast. So uh, it's been really informative for me. So I thought, hey, maybe me just bouncing a few ideas around with you would be helpful to you as well. So I don't know, we'll go for about 25 minutes, half an hour. I'll share a few ideas if you're liking the podcast, guys, uh, would really appreciate you jumping onto the Apple Podcast app and just leaving a five-star review um, really helps reach more people. As far as I can tell, the podcast with more reviews and more comments, they seem to they seem to get around a little bit more. So if you're enjoying it um, and you've got two minutes in your life, jump across now, even while you're just uh, listening to the podcast, let us know. As I always say, if it's not five stars, just don't leave it. I don't need... It. Accidentally, I went to give myself a five-star review. This is a true story, and I hit I hit a two-star. I don't know what happened, um, but it's marked it's marked the podcast with a two-star review, and I'm disappointed in myself. So go and go and help me fix those uh, fix those odds up a little bit. Anyway, six things that I wanted to uh, improve that I'm going to improve in my running training, and the idea of sharing it with you here is it's so it's so nice to have like I'll consider you guys my accountability partner. Um, if you're on YouTube, leave in the comments below a, a couple of things that you reckon you might be able to improve. We'll get a conversation going down there. Um, anyway, let's jump into it. Let's jump into it. So just as a little bit of context, I, I was a competitive runner until 2013. I got inspired when Big Mark Blitzarves got drafted to Geelong Football Club. Uh, if you're listening from overseas, Geelong Footy Club is an Australian football club. and the, on the, It's the highest level you can play at AFL. And I thought, man, okay, we're com- pretty competitive in the distance running scene, and they've liked him, so I might try and jump across. I had a history in football as well. Uh, I didn't consider the fact he was a foot taller than me, probably a more talented footballer. <laughs> and he had, a, he had a little bit of footy blood in his body, I think, so didn't quite work out. So 
Uh, I say that because until 2013, I was quite structured. I was quite uh, disciplined. I'm still disciplined with training, but not to the level that I was up until 2013. Running had always been a dream of mine to do really well in, to perform well in. And I was pretty good at doing the small things well. I really prided myself on my ability just to be able to get up and and continually be disciplined. And I I can look back confidently on my career now and say, okay, I know um, with almost full confidence that I threw everything at it. And even through conversations I've had on this podcast, speaking to to so many different people, it's been interesting to hear that uh, in my own life, it wasn't necessarily a lack of training or a problem with my training that was the problem that didn't allow me to get to the level that I'd been dreaming about getting to in the running, but it was more the fact that I think just naturally, I think when it comes down to just pure talent, um, the talent to you know run 13 minutes flat or 13.20 for that case might not have been there. Uh, so I can look back with confidence and, 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 and sort of say that it's, it's nice. But since 2013, a few things have changed. Obviously, I don't have as much to do with the competitive side of running. I still follow it pretty closely. Um, still love talking running, obviously, that's why we're here. But there's a few things that I'd noticed. I was thinking about this at the gym this morning that I, I really wanted to change. So let's kick it off. And the first thing is um, I wanted to talk about was was structure. So the idea of structuring training is something that I, I love, uh, but it's something that I hadn't been doing really effectively over the last few years. I'm, I'm probably my, my training's broken down between like there's a little bit of strength work, a little bit of flexibility, a little bit of cardio. But the truth is sometimes I'll get out for a run, sometimes I won't. Not uncommon just to get out like once or twice or a week for a run, um, which is fine. But I, I think with anything to go well in our lives, a little bit of structure, it's it's an accountability platform. I like the idea of having something written down and then when it's written down, you can look back at the end of the week and you can go, okay, like how am I doing? How did I perform? Did I get through what I was planning to? I always say this with a grain of salt though because Adam Diddy, who's a good friend of mine, a top Australian coach, he always says that you should have your training programs written down in, in pencil. And the reason for that is some days uh, you're sick, some days you're tired, some days your kid is going mental and you're probably not going to get 45 minutes to get out the door and do it. So um, you can adjust and you can manipulate the training as you go. But all going well, it's nice to have a, a structured plan just to, as I said, as an accountability process, as something to be able to look back on and go, okay, I fell short or I'm pretty much where I was hoping to be. So when I say structure, I think ideally for me, I would like to get probably three or maximum of four runs in a week. Now, various forms of, of running, not just long, slow running. I always like the idea of mixing it up between you know a long, slower run, maybe on a Sunday morning, and then some faster intervals on a Tuesday or a Thursday. And then my wife and I, up until probably uh, 18 months ago when she got pregnant, we had a, a pretty regular habit of going down to the local athletics track or the, the soccer oval and just doing eight by 80 meter sprints. I love the idea of just having a little bit of pop in the legs, a little bit of fast pace work in the legs. So for me, the structure is gonna be probably three to four days of, of running uh, with a couple of flexibility and strength sessions written around that. So. Saturday for me is it's like the Sabbath. I like to I can potentially take the complete day off. It's a it's a day without work. I don't touch it. Um, and training's optional for me there. I just I, I usually do things that I feel like are going to refresh me on a Saturday. So the idea of, of just ha- having that day open that's the that's the one little um, what do you call it? Not loose thread, but it's the one blank day where it's like okay, either fill this with exercise or chill out. It's up to you. So whatever I feel like's best there. Um, that's what I do. But the other six days, I've got something planned. 
Um, and I, I, as I said a couple of times, the idea of structure is really beneficial to you to look back on, but it also builds, it's that scaffold towards improving. So if, if you're not necessarily a disciplined or structured person, I think it's easy to say that and just go with the flow and that's fine. But if you're trying to improve and commitment or consistency is a problem with your training, then I think uh, having some form of structure could be beneficial to you as well. So uh, I've got a whiteboard uh, that I usually just write down a, a, a week's worth of training and, uh, and that's worked wonders for me. So that was one that I wanted to share with you that I'm going to be more disciplined in myself. The second one is not going to be a surprise to anyone who has been listening to the podcast over the last few months. You might have picked up on a bit of a theme about the strength, conditioning, mobility aspect of the podcast. Uh, I've had people like John Quinn, who's been on here three times, uh, Tony Sefton, Alice Bakey. Uh, it's been really interesting to speak to these guys. Oh, Ryan Mannix, who's a yoga instructor, a little bit a little bit outside of the names that I just mentioned there, but still strength and conditioning nonetheless. Um through talking to these people, I, I realized even more so something that probably deep down I was aware of, and that is just how essential the strength and mobility conditioning part of your training is. I've, I've always said I knew it was important. I've always understood that if you wanted to be a good runner, well, you needed to be good at these things, but it's not something that I have any structured process with. So these uh, first two points tie beautifully together. So for me, um, I currently go to the gym usually three times a week. Uh, and then sometimes I'll do a bit of yoga, sometimes I'll do some body weight work, uh, but the key word there is is sometimes. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start to be a, a lot more disciplined with okay, not only the the three strength and conditioning sessions that I do during the week, which I'm happy to talk to you about if you want a little bit more detail on it, but I'm also gonna do some more specialized classes. Alice Baker, I just joined in with one of her I guess activated Pilates classes on Friday afternoon, and it was such a good class. It was just a it was different to just getting in the gym and just doing strength and conditioning, and it was different to just doing some slow stretches. I'm a big fan of yin yoga. It was a, a quite an active Pilates class uh, in some places, and I just liked the range of movement. I could tell that there was a little bit of tension still in my body. My hips are, are very tight as well through probably, yeah, that 20 years more of fairly consistent running, and I think just generally guys around their hips are a little bit tighter than, than what you girls are. So uh, for, for me, I'm going to really start to prioritize that. Uh, so I reckon two flexibility classes is going to be a really beneficial place to start. Now, if you, regardless of where you are, if you're still competing, if you've still got goals as a distance runner, this is one area that I can't encourage you enough in. Uh, and it's more than just being flexible. It's more than just having like a cool range of movement. It's actually about activating, strengthening those, those sub-muscles, those deeper muscles that probably don't get uh, touched too often with the with the just the uh, what do you call it that singular movement that we do in running that I'm really passionate about targeting and as you know if you've been in the sport for any amount of time you'd be aware of how much injury can just impact the ability to be consistent with your training so I, I love the idea of strength and conditioning of being the glue that ties everything together strength conditioning mobility being the glue that ties it all together um, it's all good to be the, the king of training, but if you can't uh, do it day after day, then it's not going to serve you much. So uh, I can tell you as well, looking back, that one of the biggest advantage advantages that the runners like Stuart McSwain have over so many other athletes is just their ability just to be able to rock up day after day after day. So hey, regardless of how well your running is going, uh, regardless of whether or not injury is a, a problem in your life at the moment, I really encourage you just to lay this down as a little bit of a foundation uh, just to yeah, just to glue the the rest of that training 
week together. So even though I'm not training, you know, 150Ks a week anymore, or by no means, not even 100K a week or probably even 60K a week, I still like the feel of it. And I still like to get up in the morning with loose joints knowing that, you know, I'm doing the small things just to keep my body in order. It's a, even if you're just a hobby runner, this is something I see as a real investment into the future, into the future of, of you. The third thing that I, I wanted to talk about is is this idea of, of building a community when it comes to my running. I had Dave McNeil message me the other day because his parents have a, a holiday house down here in Queenscliff, about 2K up the road from me. And he said, mate, I'm coming down to Queenscliff for the day. If you're interested in, uh, if you're interested in going for a run, let me know. That was a nervous uh, uh, message to get because a couple of days before he'd run 746. I'm not doing too much work faster than five minute cave pace, but you can't turn down Dave McNeil. He's a great bloke. And uh, I went to his parents' house here to, to start the run, which is, oh my God, just quietly. He's a humble man, but let me brag for him. Well done to the McNeils. They've, uh, they've done a very good job on their house. Um, but it made me realize on this run with Dave just how much I miss running with people, building a community. And we're actually having this conversation on the run about how much just the community aspect of, of running is really important. And I'm a little bit, sometimes for an extrovert, I can get quite introverted when it comes to my training. And there's there's weeks at a time where I just, I won't go out and run with anyone. But I realize how much more enjoyable it is. And uh, I want to start to establish uh, more of a committed routine when it comes to training with other people. And I'd love to start with you guys. So the reason that I'm I'm bringing this to you is for, for a while, I've been flirting with the idea of starting up a couple of running groups where you and I and you know the rest of relaxed running listeners your mates whoever would like to enjoy it um, meet up maybe once a month on a, a Sunday or even an afternoon at a cafe or uh, just at a public space like the tan and and go for a run so um, I want to get to know some of you obviously I've spoken to a heap of you over Instagram and and Facebook and wherever else it is that we keep in touch but would love to to meet so many more of you in person so if that's something that you're interested in um, Let's do it. I'll shoot me a message just to give me a heads up on Instagram, on the Relax Running Instagram page. Just go, hey, Tice, hey, heard your point about building a community. I just want to know if that's even something that you guys are keen to do. So uh, it doesn't matter if you feel like you're the slowest runner in the world, the fastest runner in the world. I'm sure if there's a few of us meeting up, we'll be able to group off so that we've all got someone to run with. But then just going back to a cafe, sitting down, having a chat, um, and, and just catching up, putting a few faces to the names and seeing who else is uh, in you know, I know this is quite local, so sorry for all you you people listening from the states or from the UK. Uh, when you're here, you're more than welcome to join. But I would love to just to establish that community group. Uh, it's just as I said, it's more enjoyable. Quietly, me and Dave were running 4:30k pace, holding conversation. I didn't know my legs still had that beyond a bounce in them. Um, not because I'm old, just because I hadn't been doing that kind of pace for a little while. So it was really nice to do that. I, I finished the run and just feeding off a guy's energy like Dave. I finished it feeling more energetic. Uh, it was just a, it was a really cool experience. Um, so community aspect. So if that's something you're keen, shoot me a message. Be really interested to touch base and, and line something up in in the next couple of months or even sooner if we can. We'll see how it goes. It depends how many people message me. The fourth thing is um, I want to bring a little bit of simplicity back in into my training, and this comes in a in a lot of different ways. I'm, I'm anyone who knows me well knows I'm a big fan of the minimalist. I'm a big fan of, of really intentional living. I used to have a podcast called Intention, and the idea there was just to find out why people think do the things the the way that they do, why they commit their time where they do, and and I wanted to get more uh, more simple with my training. I'm 
despite knowing how much I enjoy the, the simplicity and I just thrive off it and I function more effectively off simplicity, For uh, I feel like my tendency is to go towards complex. The idea of um, just doing a little bit more, just I don't know what it is about that, but it captures my attention that, and before I know it, I've sort of buried myself with just non-essential details and it gets it gets a little bit chaotic. So for me, simplicity comes in a range of forms and it's amazing how much my my external or my life outside of running can impact my my running and vice versa. So what I mean by that is uh, in the Popplestone household over the last couple of months, since we gave birth to, since we gave birth, look at me trying to claim credit for that, since my wife gave birth to Charlie, our, our firstborn, it's... Um, it's just been a little more difficult, as I'm sure you parents would understand, to, to really uh, come up with a simple routine. And we've probably been bogged down with just clutter and commitment and learning how to parent. And before I know it, I've, uh, my, life's just a little bit overwhelming with, with stuff. So I'm going to start to try and eliminate the excess from my life. Just the, That's material excess, the excess in my training just i want to clear out some headspace because i know how much more effectively or how much better i feel not only in day-to-day life but also when i get out for a run when i've got the headspace to actually function on it so for me uh that that's going to look different to what it might look for you but for me that's just going to be you know going through through clothes and through material possessions and just start to create a little bit of space there but then also look at the things that I am doing in my training that are, are probably not that effective, probably not that helpful, um, especially for the goals that I have, which is is just to build a solid foundation of fitness, to stay fit as I keep getting older, um, to stay strong. So if I can clear out some of that excess, I believe that it's going to be a really helpful step in 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 just supporting me on the way towards the goals that I have. And, and one thing that stood out and it's probably inspired by a lot of people on this podcast is I feel like so many of the top athletes that I speak to have this incredibly simple approach to their training. They're, they're not overcomplicating it. They're not getting bogged down in details. They're not getting stressed about the things that they can't control, uh, but they're just going through the practical steps and thinking, okay, this is in my control. Let's change it. Or this isn't in my control. Don't worry about it. And people uh, from the Melbourne Track Club keep saying Stuart McSwain's just an absolute gun at this. I get that vibe from him. And it's something that uh, I really wanted to focus on myself. So um, I hope that made sense around the simplicity element. But essentially clearing out the excess in material possessions, cleaning out the excess in my training, and just trying to run with that peace of mind that comes with having a little bit of extra space. So um, I would really encourage you guys to consider that as well. If you want to hear more about this, the, the minimalists actually have an awesome podcast. Well, I, personally, I listened to the first 20. I reckon they're the, their first 20 are the best podcasts that they've ever had. Um, and I always find it interesting just how much their message relates to every element of my life. So it's something that I'm really going to focus on um, in the next couple of months. Uh, the other thing is um, I'm going to get back into my sprints. I, I know I said that you know the, the faster running is an important part of my weekly process. But the truth is there's been a lot of weeks over the last couple of months where those sprints just haven't been a part of it. And I, I hate the idea of just turning into a long, slow plotter. If you are that long, slow plotter, the good news is uh, just through a few consistent weeks of putting in some like 8 by 100 meter sprint or 8 by 80 meter sprint or even like 6 by 60 meter flat out sprints is it's pretty amazing how, how fast you can get a little bit of pop back in your legs, a little bit of bounce, a little bit of spring, which becomes foreign if all you're doing is long stuff. And I've always been a big believer in how effective doing some faster work can be towards your, towards your marathon running or towards your distance running. So the idea here is is not about um, you know reducing distance through the week that we're running, but 
Um, maybe clearing out one of the the morning runs or one of the afternoon runs and just injecting a little bit of fast pace there. I love the fact that it's uh, really helpful towards building a more efficient technique. Uh, I love that you can't run, run fast if you're, if you're running like a marathon shuffler. It forces your knees to get up. It forces you to be a bit quicker off the ground. Uh, and overall, I just feel better on my longer, slower runs when I'm actually investing in those shorter, sharper kind of runs. So I'm going to start making that a priority on a Saturday morning um, or a Sunday morning or just whenever I find a day in my training schedule that I might be able to do it. So uh, if you are a marathon runner, I would encourage you to consider that as well or a distance runner or just someone who considers themselves like a, a longer, slower runner. Man, I think you're going to be impressed with how much of a difference that that real injection of some some super speedy work makes you feel. I pull up sore the day after. So don't be shocked if you get out there and you're, um, and you're feeling a little bit buggered, if you're feeling a little bit wrecked, if your joints are sore, my hamstrings so, get so sore after. I get this weird pain through my elbows as well. Any physios out there, I'm not sure what's going on. But whenever I haven't sprinted for a while, I'm not sure if it's just like the pressure through flying through my elbow or, or, or what it is. Um, but there's this weird joint pain that I get, and I've tried to Google it, and there's not a whole heap of a whole heap of people getting elbow pain. So, um, if you can help me out there, hey, please, please let me know. That's another one, and the the last one uh, I'm going to focus on doing is is just making sure I'm I'm spending more time just actually getting out and running through nature. So, uh, for me, all of these things kind of tie together beautifully. But uh, one thing I used to love. I love on my Sunday morning runs here in, in Melbourne was when I'd go out and I'd do my long run out at Fernie Creek. Fernie Creek was an awesome place. You'd be out in the ferns, you'd have the dirt or, or gravel or a little bit of rocky paths. Um, you'd just be surrounded with the smell of nature. There'd be good girls, good guys all around you. The conversation was great. And I would always get back in the car on the way home and be like, man, I just feel refreshed. It was nice to get away from your phone, get away from your computer. Uh, and I've made that a priority down here uh, as well. In fact, like coming to Queenscliff for us, a big part of that was to actually just expose ourselves a little more to nature. Uh, there's some awesome tracks here. Like they've got a path behind our house called Lover's Track, uh, which is like a, a sand path which follows along the beach. We've got the, the public walking space which goes a, along the ocean. I'm going to do some beach sprints on the sand, in the water. Uh, always oh, on the sand next to the water. I'm not going to be sprinting in the water. I always just feel so much better when I actually connect with with nature. I'm a big fan of um, Henry David Thoreau's book Walden, where he speaks about just getting away from society for a little while and uh, you know just reconnecting with with nature. So uh, for me, there's no better way to do that than as a runner. We've just got so many options to run through mountains, to run through uh, around the beach, to run through just big open spaces. There's just, there's there's infinite places to do it. But so often I get caught on like a, a real familiar part of town just running laps of, of suburb which from time to time is fine but um yeah the idea of actually just getting some enjoyment out of my running and prioritizing the things that i love uh, or, or running in the places that i love is is really beneficial so we encourage you to do that as well don't just get caught up on the the same runs i know people are people of routine and before you know it you can find yourself just going through the motions on a, a 6k loop that you just do every day it gets a little bit boring. Sure, it's a nice place to switch off. You don't have to think about where you're going or uh, which way to turn. That That's granted like a nice way to start. But every now and then, I like the idea of leaving the watch at home, just getting a little bit lost, finding new spaces and, and coming home feeling refreshed after you, you feel like you just had a little bit of an encounter with you know the bigger, wider world of nature. Um, 
So that'd be something I encourage you guys to, to do as well. So um, the idea here, there's, I just wanted to share a few things. I wanted to tell you a couple of things that were on my mind, share a couple of changes that I wanted to make. Firstly, to keep myself accountable so that when you ask how it's all going, I have to be honest with you and say, hey, yeah, yeah, okay, I followed through or okay, I haven't quite done it. Um, but I also wanted this to be like the initiation of a conversation. So if you're not subscribed to the YouTube YouTube channel, jump over there now and we'll, we'll keep that conversation going in the comments below this video. Um, otherwise, would would love you guys to um, just shoot me a message on on social media. Let me know, you know, what was helpful, what the things that you would like to change. I'll I'll give you a shout out. I'll uh, I'll retweet a couple of my favorites or retweet, re Instagram, share that story. Um, but that's it. They're just a couple of things that I wanted to do to invest in my own training. And what I like about them is these aren't just relevant to to me as someone who's you know beyond his competitive running days and and. You, wanting just to keep fit these are relevant to you who are you know might be in the midst of chasing your big running goals so hey let's get that conversation going on the platform that you most enjoy i, I hope you enjoyed that short sharp conversation so excited about a couple of guests i've got coming on i've got a couple that i'm trying to lock in and i'm going to bite my tongue just because if i drop the name i've done that in the past and it hasn't quite worked out but hey Keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, because hopefully, fingers crossed, we're gonna have a couple of really cool guests coming at you from the United States in the next, let's watch this space, weeks, months, who knows, we'll see how we go. I'm off to Queensland tomorrow for a couple of weeks, so uh, I'll make sure I post a couple of photos up there, make sure I'm posting a couple of uh, little videos. Keep your eye out for the next podcast. Thanks for joining us once again, guys. Happy training, and, uh, and I'll see you all next week.